Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Gals Chat Podcast. This is your co-host, Lara. In today's episode of the podcast, we're interviewing Ida Piramati, who's going to talk to us about entering tech from a non-traditional background and what it would take. This episode is sponsored by Steel Chic Shoes, who offer women's fashionable steel toe shoes. Not only are they certified to meet OSHA standards, but they are lightweight and comfortable. The shoes are designed to look good and keep you safe so you can confidently walk your own path. Steel Chic has a special offer for all Gals Chat listeners and guests. Use promo code ENGINEERINGGALS to get free shipping and a free water bottle when you purchase a pair of shoes. Now let's introduce this week's guest. Ida is a full-stack developer who got her bachelor's degree from UC Irvine in civil engineering. And ever since graduating, it was a journey finding what a fulfilling career would look like and what she would feel passionate about. So Ida started her non-traditional path to tech from a coding bootcamp. And now she loves the tech industry, which requires a continuous passion for learning and shaping and defining the future. So welcome, Ida. It's so great having you on the podcast. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm excited to hear about your non-traditional path. And it's so it's always so interesting to me learning about career switchers or how, you know, even though if you go to college for one thing, you can end up in a completely different spot. So tell us a little bit more about civil engineering and, you know, how you started in that uh, career or how you got started with that degree and then what your career path looked like after graduation that led you to transition to a coding bootcamp? Well, thanks for that question. I feel like that's a question that I haven't been asked a lot ever since speaking with a lot of techies on Instagram lives or anything else was how did I even get into civil engineering? So I was kind of born into engineering and when I went to college, I, well, I didn't do a community college. I went to a four-year university. And when I entered, I was a chemical engineering degree <laughs> or <Ooh>. major. <laughs> yeah, so um, chemical engineering was kind of like, my dad was a chemical engineer. So it was kind of like, at that point in high school, I didn't know much about engineering. And I was just good at chemistry. And I was like, okay, engineering, chemistry. <laughs> it was easier to get into university decided versus undecided. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'll do chemical engineering. In the first year, I went to university and I took my classes and I was going to all of these uh, career events that companies were coming and presenting and everything. And it just didn't feel like it was the right path for me. I didn't see myself. I couldn't picture myself in that industry. So it was kind of like I was like, okay, so where do I go from here? And I really liked physics. I really loved learning about physics i felt like it was just kind of a science that i really wanted to know i was always like interested in like astronomy and just really like to know the science of the physics around us so i was like civil engineering i'm also curious about how buildings are built and i'm always fascinated when i see downtowns and i see high rises and i really want to know how do they build these high rises how does it go Mm -hmm. up and uh, i did love civil engineering 
the throughout university it was what i expected it to be it was a lot of learning the science of materials and how things are around us how buildings are built there's as you might know there's water resources there's transportation i loved water resources there's like so much to learn buoyancy and like all of those scientific <laughs> concepts <laughs> i love them and i ended up going to my masters because I loved science and I wanted to learn more. But as soon as I entered my master's, it was kind of like it didn't, I, I, kept, I started like feeling like this is not the right path. So I was out for a year on the leave of absence. And in that year, I was really trying to figure out where did I want to go from there. So that was kind of where my civil engineering career ended. I did a little bit of internships and like a job for a short period of time. And, um, and that's basically where it ended. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at that point, how did you come across coding or when did you know that, okay, I'm not, instead of continuing with a master's or doing another degree in software engineering, how did you know that a coding bootcamp was a next step for you? Yeah. So at the beginning of it, I did not know. I had no clue. So one day I was doing structural engineering. I was employed and everything the next day I wasn't and I had no idea what would be next <laughs> I well I was young because mm -hmm. I entered university when I was 17 and a half so I wasn't even 18 oh, wow. so I was I was out by the time I was 21 almost 22 and I went to master's right away so I was only like still 23 24 <laughs> at that point in my life so I guess like when I think about it now I'm like yeah I definitely was young and like carefree <laughs> Because the next day I was an employee and I was like, okay, so what do I do now? I was doing like things like dog walking. I love dog walking. <laughs> like these dogs, like you would go see them and you want to say bye. And you literally like, don't go to I'm like, I just saw you one second ago. I went on a walk for like 30 minutes. So it was super ther therapeutic and like... I did a lot of things and I worked in retail. So I did a lot of things that were really outside of my comfort zone and like the things that I was used to and everything. So I was pretty much out for quite a while. And then uh, my sister, she did electrical engineering and then she went into computer and like coding. And I really liked what she was doing. Like it was very basically like, so much opportunity like she was always like learning something she was all like she would go to work and even after work she would be, still be either working or studying and there were so many things that were kind of like futuristic <laughs> like she was working in AR so I guess that's like as futuristic as tech gets <laughs> and so I was just like fascinated by what she was doing but I didn't think that would be possible for me to like do something like that. And then she told me there are coding boot camps that I could go to and then mm -hmm. I can become a basically a programmer. And um, she even had me like follow a very short tutorial on YouTube just to build a website. I don't remember what I used. I just remember I made an e-commerce website <laughs> overnight. <laughs> Using wow, templates. just from a tutorial. <laughs> Using that's templates. That's impressive. <laughs> Thank you. No, um, that's pretty cool. How did you find the right bootcamp for you? Or, yeah, did you have a good experience with going through a bootcamp? 
Yeah, so I went to coding dojo and my sister, she was the one who told me about them. And the way she found them was she, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how she found them, but the way she told me they were good was she looked into uh, people that graduated from coding dojo. And she said that most of them were working at like really big companies and everything. They were successful. So, and so my other option would have been, I guess, the UC Irvine uh, coding bootcamp. But it was longer and it was more expensive. So um, that's how I ended up picking Coding Dojo. And I really liked it. I think it was a really amazing coding book. Obviously, I've only been to one, so I, I can compare it to others. But it was just an amazing, uh, my, I loved my cohorts, mates, I guess, <laughs> or classmates. And instructors, they were all amazing, knowledgeable, humble. So I think it was an amazing coding boot camp that I went to as well. That's pretty awesome. And I'm really glad that you were able to find, you know, that right boot camp and go through it and learn so much. I mean, it, it was it seems like it was a really exciting time to be able to see that through your sister and then get inspired to go follow something similar. So you talked about, you know, liking the program. Were they helpful with helping you find a job? Or I guess what happened after you went through the boot camp with transitioning to a full time job. Tell us a little bit more about how that looked like and then what you do now that's not civil engineering. <laughs> yeah. So my coding bootcamp was actually super helpful um, with support after graduating. So we basically had uh, career coaches who would work with us until we basically find a job. So we had that as part of our bootcamp, which I think was amazing. It was a free service after the bootcamp. And they were amazing coaches too. They were like really caring and they would meet with you as much as you wanted. Do you help you submit, find jobs or basically anything you needed help with. But I didn't only get help from them. After bootcamp, it is very stressful because you get like, you can go on LinkedIn and see people talking about how bootcamp grads are not prepared enough for a full-time role. You would see, you would see so many things. I was fortunate enough to have a degree, so that kind of gave me a little bit more confidence because, like, I already had an engineering degree, not just any in, any degree, also. Right, and, and so, you had like, some additional experience as well, right? Yeah. So when I saw a lot of job descriptions, they required a bachelor degree or a bachelor degree in engineering. So that kind of really gave gave me a lot more confidence as well. But it was still stressful. So I went to. Um, Outco, which is another program that's four weeks every day, and they help you with the technical interview. So it's like mock interview. It's like four, I think three or four hours every night that you would go through in like their groups and their instructors, and they help you with the, all of the algorithms and data structures that you're asked in technical interviews. You have whiteboarding sessions. They basically sent us a whiteboard when we signed up for the program. And yeah, and we would, it was online, but we would do video calls and like we had all of these like mock interview sessions, uh, whiteboarding sessions, and then lessons as well. So it was an amazing program. So I did that. Then I also took a lot of contracts. I went on freelancing platforms and started building portfolios there and looking for contracts. So I was really like going in multiple different branches basically and looking for anything that I could 
get my hands on real world projects. I was even like messaging people on LinkedIn to try to like network with them, get interviews or just like a phone call or I ended up getting like one freelance job from that too. Like I messaged someone and he ended up having his own projects. So he would basically outsource his projects to me. So there were so many different ways that I was looking for just a way to get my foot in the door and my hands on a real world project. So like for about a year, I did a lot of contracts and freelancing jobs and the outcome program on the side. <laughs> and so I did all of those things. Right before COVID happened, I was going to on, on-site or in-person networking events as well. I remember one company I went to, I don't remember the name right now, but it was like really amazing company. So uh, before COVID, there were in-person events as well, which really helped. But after everything was online and I was still taking advantage of anything I was finding online uh, virtually. Mm-hmm. But how I ended up getting my full-time job was one of my contracts ended up turning into a full-time. So I was working for the company for five months before I became a full-time with them. So, Wow, that's great. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I know a lot of people who, you know, end up or start off as contractors and then they extend that contract or they just continue or move up, move on as a full-time employee, which that's amazing. Congratulations. That sounds really exciting. Would you be able to share what your day-to-day looks like as a, is your role as a software developer? Yeah, I'm, so I'm a full-stack developer and basically day-to-day, my day-to-day job is just getting features or bugs to fix. So it's either something new, new features to build or fixing existing or maintaining a website. So it's basically a lot of coding. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, I I mean, I, I really do enjoy it. So I love it. And I also do contracts on the side. So after work, I would be working on some side contracts. So I really do love coding. So that's pretty much what every day looks like for me. <laughs> Wake up, go, go to bed. But that's great if you love it. I mean, and you're also able to, I think, be creative, right? I, there's so many things that you can do with code that you can, it's not just, you know, the technical thing of knowing a language, but you can also get creative as you were talking before about creating a website and, um, using it as an outlet to, you know, just create different things on on the web. Do you have any favorite projects that you've worked on that you'd be able to share with us? Um, I... I, I've loved all the projects that I worked with. I think one of my favorite features, I would say, that I ever developed was a pie chart. <laughs> so it's an animated pie chart. And I remember the moment I finished programming it, I told my manager, I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing for the rest of the day. Because like the pie chart, when you like hover on the chart on every piece, it would kind of like step out. And it has all of these like animated features um, built into it and like all of these cool colors and you can you click on a piece in a piece of the pie chart with like step out type thing so, <laughs> so I think that was my favorite feature that I ever developed that's pretty awesome that you know it's kind of it sounds simple but there's so much work and thought that goes 
into it. Like if you tell someone about like a pie chart, they wouldn't think like, oh, you, that's something that you could code creatively and make a useful feature out of it. So that's that's really exciting. You talked a little bit about how it was a little challenging to maybe gain that credibility after a boot camp for someone who still maybe hasn't gone through a career coaching program or maybe whiteboarding training. What is one piece of advice that you would give them for advocating for themselves if they're also career switchers? I think the most important thing is your portfolio and the projects that you're working on on your own, because that's basically the easiest way that you can show an employee what you've done instead of trying to tell them, talk and talk and talk about what you can do versus mm -hmm. just share one link to your GitHub, most recent GitHub repository, or just show your project that that's live and just show them these are the features that you've been able to build with such and such technology, for example, or these languages. So if you're applying, let's say, for a React project and you're able to show a project that you've built with React, so I think that's the easiest way that you can prove to the employee or at least get an interview with them. But yeah, so just to like show your credibility that uh, you are worth their time for even an interview. So I think right. that's the... That would be the best way to go about it. And the other way is freelancing. So if, if I think the good thing about programming languages is that there are a lot of platforms for freelance, getting freelance projects. So it does take a little bit of time and it does require a bit of consistency to build up your, your portfolio um, on a freelance platform basically but I think if you stick through with it that'll be kind of like the most valuable thing that you can ever have for yourself as someone in tech. Wow that's amazing. What are some yeah. of the freelancing sites that people can go to to get started and how many projects would you say is an acceptable amount to have in your portfolio as a beginner? So I know Upwork is one of the most credible ones. I think there's one freelance or freelancer that one is also a good one. But if you can get on Upwork, there's a little bit of like interview stuff with them. But if you can build your portfolio on that one, it's the best one. And usually you would get smaller projects, like two, three small projects before you can get your hands on a little bit of a long, longer term contract or bigger projects. So it takes about maybe like at most like two, three months to get your first job but once you get your first job it gets easier to get your second job then easier to get your third job and then you're just on a roll <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's great so I also noticed that you're uh, very present on social media as well which is seems to be a common theme for the rest of the women that we interview on the podcast and that's how we're able to find them and access it which is a beautiful way to advocate for this field can you tell us what inspired you to create content and also launch your business tech love women to inspire other women to follow a journey similar to yours so i as i mentioned earlier in the podcast i was inspired by my sister who kind of showed me that this path is possible for me so uh, until she was she showed me what was possible for me i would have had no idea that i would 
would be a path for me that I could pursue. So that really inspired me to do the same for other women who also are looking to find what their passion is or who might not know that such career paths are possible for them. And also younger women who, to break out of the stereotype that engineering and STEM is mostly male dominated. Because I saw, I had a lot of friends who were kind of bullied or scared out of engineering. They they really liked to do engineering. They were really interested in math and science in high school, but they felt like within their peers, with it, with like peer pressure or something like that, they didn't feel cool. In, like it's cool to like join engineering, or they felt like they were bullied out of engineering. So I w- really wanted to show on social media that there are other women out there that are doing STEM and engineering and they're feminine, they're they're every type, they're just typical girls. So you don't need to get scared or feel like it's all males in this field. So that was my inspiration to start creating content related to engineering and STEM and tech and create and start a business as well. And I have received maybe handful of messages, but they've been very inspiring to me of women telling me they're in school, they're in university, and they aspire to become like me and work in tech. Or there are others who message me and tell me, oh, they're not even in this field and they want to know how they can join and pursue tech. So even though they've been a handful so far, it still inspires me to keep going and keep creating content. Right. And I think it's just... It's really exciting to be able to see that even if it's just one person that you've had a positive impact on someone else just by sharing who you are and what you're doing. And I know during your intro, we mentioned that you were able to find, you know, a fulfilling career that you're passionate about. And to me, that's something that everyone out there deserves, that they deserve to, you know, go and experience um go after different opportunities that allow them to feel that fulfillment and passion for the the work that they're doing day to day. So you doing that, it's extremely inspirational uh, for other people to do the same because it's okay if we don't get the right major or the the right job or or first, uh, the first time that we try. (laughs) So it's always good to see that it's okay to change and pivot. And I'm really excited that we were able to get you on the podcast to share more about that. Before we wrap up the podcast, do you have any advice that you would give to your younger self? Yeah, I think my advice is the same that I would give my current self as well. <laughs> it's something it's something that uh, it's it's one of those life lessons that life keeps you keeps putting you through it until you learn your lesson. And for me, it's to have patience and have faith in the process and trust the process. Because I get to get, I get to become impatient rather quickly. So that's the one thing. Like going through all of those career changes, and I think everything would have become a lot less stressful and a lot more peaceful if uh, I just was patient and trusted the process. So that's what I tell myself right now to you all the time whenever I get stressed out or uh, impatient, I just tell myself to remember the past and (laughs) just be patient. (laughs) Just be patient. No, I totally agree. I think sometimes even with 
social media has its benefits and it has its other not so benefits <laughs> where I think it's so easy for us to the same way that we're inspired by other people. It's very easy to compare each other or compare our progress to other people who are sharing theirs. So definitely being patient, it's really important because I mean, we're, we're all, we're all going through our own, through our own journey, or our own little steps that we need to take. And I think it's really great that we've been able to find, you know, communities or other people who have been supportive um, throughout or who have experienced something similar. So I know I mentioned your business, but would you mind sharing where else can our listeners connect with you online and how they can support you? Yeah, um, my Instagram would be the best place. Uh, my handle is Ida Pirate. And yeah, and the business account is Tech Love Women. So my, I always check my DMs. I think that's the best way uh, to reach out if you have any questions, and I would love to answer them. Yeah, well, there you have it, everyone. If you have any questions about making a career switch to the tech industry, going through a boot camp and what that outcome can look like, don't hesitate to reach out to Ida because she's, as you can see, really fun and easy to talk to. <laughs> so thank you so much again for joining us on the podcast. And we hope to, you know, talk to you soon again. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, everyone, that was it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you enjoy the episode, don't forget to leave us a review, share it with your friends. And if you're able to, you can also support us by leaving a small donation at anchor.fm slash engineering gals. We'll talk to you next Monday. 